night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the genes and the spice. The Pinky, the Pinky and the Brain. Brain, 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 brain. Before each night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Hope Bank, Manitoba, Canada, Matt Larson. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing, Bruce? A lot better than you, man. How you feeling? I've still got the sweats. I am uh, probably about eighty percent of the way there, but uh, I, I'm 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 back upright and kicking ass and uh, taking phone calls. Clearly, taking phone calls. That's that's, uh, that's his meat sweats. That's his meat sweats thermometer going off right that's now. My, that's my thermometer. My junk is too warm. We are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Foley. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And when Bruce asked, you know, how you were feeling, Matt, I I, I knew you were battling some symptoms here, but I thought it was maybe just the the interactions you gentlemen had last week together, making sure you were recovered, you know, the way he probably tossed you around a little bit. <laughs> So I'm like a foot taller than Bruce. Okay. And about a hundred pounds heavier. I can still spin he, you like a carousel, buddy. But he, but he did spin me like a little ballerina on Friday night. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, was, yeah. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. Everything is off the rails. We're, we're going to talk some Packer talk. And then, of course, we've got a game we want to play. First on the list, some Packer news. So Alan Lazard has finally signed a mm -hmm. uh, bit of a holdout. I know Bruce and I were talking about it. We were, you know, we don't like the timing of his holding out. We understand it, but we don't like the timing. I mean, we really don't have any money. We're really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, but at the same time you watch the Rams and apparently uh, the NFL salary cap has no effect to the Los Angeles Rams whatsoever. They just pay everyone everything. Do you know much about his uh, contract, what he signed for, that sort of thing? No, like, honestly, I know it was – they signed it yesterday, the tender, right? And I, I will lean into the fact that I agree with you guys. I think overall, like, financially, it, it's unfortunate. But truthfully, like, that's this is one of the more consistent receivers the Packers have had, and that's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But realistically, like, I don't know. It, it would have been nice for him to be here, but it's not like it's August. It's middle of June. It's not even July, 4th of July yet. Um, but looking here, it looks like he signed it for just just south of $4 million, so like $3.9 for one year. So – Again, not a ton of money. I'm sure the reason, I mean, just like everyone sitting out waiting to get more money and I mean, $4 million for possibly the number one receiver. I mean, going into, into camp. Now, that'll change, obviously, as training camp picks up, you know, preseason games are played and even up until, you know, through the year because there's going to be guys like Christian Watson contribute. Sammy Watkins has been talked about a ton from especially Matt LaFleur saying he's going to be a big piece of offense. But like right now, as it stands, Alan Lazard is, just thrusted in being your number one receiver and that's not a knock on him because I think he's a really talented dude but realistically he's a, a top end two at the very very high of his talent level thank you thank you that's yeah. exactly what we were saying 
Yeah, we were looking at where he lands. You know, he lands in that 65 to 69 range of, of uh, in terms of productivity and where he lands. That's a wide receiver three on most teams. So just putting that in perspective, one of the things just – I always try to justify these things because I always have a tendency to lean towards – like I was criticizing him quite honestly, quite a bit. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is your opportunity. I'm more like a show up, do your job, get paid and you'll get paid because the Packers play their players. One of the things I started thinking about as I was driving, cause you know, I was thinking about just what I was going to ask you. And it seems like coming out of quarantine, a lot of these vet players seems like they changed up their routines quite a bit. And I think the COVID situation, learning to get training on your own and by not signing signing he wasn't required to show up so i think maybe some COVID effects with a lot of these veterans coming back after that and getting used to their routine which has been different the last two years i think might have come into effect with that and i'm trying to justify it with that so i'm just thinking it's kind of a COVID thing i don't i don't blame you for justifying with that i think overall like definitely i mean over i mean just i was i was hanging out with some people yesterday just met through a networking thing and like just out at a bar and talking about just how their, you know, their, their children change with COVID or their jobs change. And I think everyone's situations change, right? I mean, you, everyone kind of reassess when we talk about, you know, people getting new jobs or switching careers or quitting or staying at home. But like, I think athletes did that too. Like, well, I don't necessarily need to be in green Bay. I can, you know, train, he could train down in Iowa city if you wanted where he went to Iowa state, or he could train wherever else he's from or whatever. And I think definitely guys did that before. That was really, really common. But I think it was more like these superstar athletes where like, you know, Odell Beckham's down at LSU. He's training out with the boys down there. And then there's, you know, once in a while it would be Devonte Adams was out West or it would, it would be those pockets. But I think now it's I mean, really even this week right now, I think like the big name that was at practice this week is Rayshon Gary. And it's like everyone else is actually younger than him or like less established, which is really tough to wrap your mind around. But yeah, if you're able to get the work in where you're more comfortable, there can be a better trainer, better facilities, you're closer to your family, which is a whole other aspect when it comes to being a professional athlete and just, you know, COVID in general, what that impacted people, people might have issues going on, you got to, you know, get stay home with mom or grandma and make sure they're fine. And like, it's just, it's a little bit easier to go through life. But yeah, I think it's, a, I mean, you can give that him, give him a little pass with it that way, Bruce, I don't think that's a, a it's a terrible thing to think about, but also like, I do look at that dollar point. It's like, dude, $4 million to be like, to walk. I don't know. It's kind of shitty for him, but I mean, he's got to earn it. And I think you talk about that range. He was in from 64 and specifically 69. Let's make sure we're getting it's 64 to 69. That's 70 that he, you know, you look at statistically like, solid but really what he adds to the team is his blocking ability and the way that LaFleur loves to run the ball obviously those like rub routes on the outside with the RPOs everything like that is you can't there's no stat for that you can't put that on paper for 13 but at the end of the day like he adds a lot to this team and I, I do love everything that he's about yeah I mean pony package that they're going to be playing quite a bit with I think this year we're going to start looking a lot of that Titans offense starting to poke through with more leaning on the run maybe not as heavy, you know, but he's he MLF is going to do his thing. And I think with pony package and running the ball, they want the guys, like he said, you know, he's the dirty work guy, right? The, the grinder. So that that's a lot of what he brings to the table. And we, we appreciate that with him. And, and I'm not trying to justify him not showing up because I'm always of the mind of dude, show up and do your fucking job. But at the same time, just trying to kind of get them in that mindset of where he's thinking, just to kind of find both sides of it. Yeah, definitely. Do you think, Matt, that Lazar is that linchpin that we needed for the wide receiver group? Or do you think that we still need something else? Such That's something I've honestly battled in my brain for a few months. This is even before Devante was gone because, like, you still had Devante and then it was just five or six guys that are going to fit in where they get in, right? And, like, you had no idea. Now it's like, man, I, I don't know what the hell they do. I mean, the, it's – it's highly plausible based off what we know from Gutekunst and Lafleur that they will get someone, you know, middle of August. Maybe there's a, you know, when we get the, no, the cut downs and things are different with you know, IR now and practice squad and roster manipulation, or whatever that it has been years ago. But I do think they'll grab someone. And I, I, and I don't know if that's a, a necessity or if it's just a, you know, a little bit of a luxury that they're able to acquire someone like that. You know, you had Sammy Watkins talking about how he was super grateful to be playing with one of the best organizations of all time, one of the winning his teams, being able to be a part of Aaron Rodgers's offense. So I think that should attract another guy. But if you really, really are 
you're in the depths right now. You're understanding how these rookie receivers are, are balling out. You know, two rays doing crazy. Dobbs is going crazy. Lazard's having, or excuse me. Um, Watson's having a good camp right now. And then you still got these perimeter guys, the Winfrey's, the Malik Taylor's, the Alan Lazard's, as we mentioned, like, how do you add another, you know, another weapon or another person to absorb targets? Like, and it's overall, I don't know who that person is. If that person is even, a current free agent, but I do feel like they'll at least kick the tires on someone between now and September. And it just seems like with three months, like it's, it almost seems obvious that it would happen at some point because they bring in guys all the time for any position, really. My concern with that. And I always, because look, I, here's my prediction. I think we're going to cut Lowry and get another 6 million in cap space and be at 23 million. The problem is we've already got seven solid guys that I think can make this team with the wide receivers. They've never carried, LaFleur has never carried more than five. And I think this is the year without Devontae that they do do that. But bringing in somebody else, who are you going to cut? You're not going to cut Dobbs. You're obviously not going to cut Watkins. Ture maybe, but you you look at Patrick Taylor, you look again, you've got the Darlings, you have all these players that are already pretty established. That's where I see it difficult with them bringing somebody in, even though there's going to be some money available. And I really do believe that Lowry is going to be that casualty cut to open it up. But I don't think their move is going to be at the wide receiver position. I think they feel good enough. And I think it's just going to be more targets for Aaron Jones and Dylan, where it's going to be them touching the ball. So they might get 500 touches total, but it's going to be a combination of you know, catching the ball out of the backfield or doing splitting them out wide, but catches and runs. So I don't think, I think the, the solution is going to be with the running backs. I don't hate that. I mean, and truthfully, if you think bigger picture, like that's where this team's trending towards, right? You got a fading out back-to-back MVP, which is crazy, but he's fading um, a little bit. They don't have a number one receiver by any stretch of the imagination. Currently that's developed on the roster and they drafted AJ Dillon and all these linemen for a reason, right? They brought back Aaron Jones and we thought he was an absolute, he was gone, gone to Miami. Right. And that's where this team's trending. So that would tell me, yeah, there's, I mean, they probably have too many Ross, too many receivers on the roster as is. There's no reason to even grab another guy. Like, like you mentioned, Bruce. Well, yeah. And you know, there's a handful of guys that are kind of holding out. We got the Terry McLaurin out there in uh, Washington. And uh, there's a few guys that aren't showing up to camp, of course, And I know some of the Packer fans, oh, we can get this guy, we can get that guy. The problem is, is that when we enter the season, we still want to have about $20 million because somebody's going to tear an ACL. Somebody's going to hurt their shoulder. Somebody's going to this, somebody's going to that. And, you know, as much as these guys look great in practice, a couple of them aren't going to translate that into a workload on the field. And that's got to be quickly, you know, uh, uh, remedied. I do like how we are looking more like the Baltimore Ravens, how we are looking more like the, the even Buffalo, except for, you know, they've got digs now, but uh, uh, we've got that smash mouth defense. You're not going to be putting up a ton of points on us. We've only got to realistically put up about 24 to, you know, most likely win all of these games. And when you look at our schedule, this is very realistic. This is something that we could do. And teams that win the Super Bowl run the ball and play great defense. Yeah, I mean, it's you're you're spot on. And that's and you kind of like it's it's with a lot of things. And I'd really try to do find like patterns within football that relate to other sports, other, you know, just business in general. And like you when you're when you're going so far in one direction as 32 offensives have over the last decade, like you have to find that middle ground again. You cannot continue to put four wide, five wide put your right tackle, left tackle on an absolute island against these just incredible athletes at DN and outside linebacker and expect your franchise quarterback, i.e. Justin Herbert, i.e. Joe Burrow, to not get absolutely throttled and to stunt their careers. So I think it's it's in the best interest for offenses to become more balanced. You know, they'll go back to the ground and pound, and then teams that don't do it will maybe see the – that trend get on board with it and by the time they've got on board with it we'll probably have already have known if it's if it's working if it's progressing and how the defenses are countering to it so uh, a team I also I'll piggyback on because I saw it on Twitter today too um, I think because Mina Kimes put out her top like defenses I think the Niners were up there too similar style against Smash Mouth I mean a little bit unique because Kyle Shanahan is basically like the Ravens offense where they can put in a yeah. running back it doesn't matter it's literally any dude that's off the practice squad any guy that's a fourth like 
they just rotate those guys through. And with a really good defense, they can control the clock. They can be super efficient. Now, there's some definitely polar opposites. Jimmy Garoppolo v. Lamar Jackson couldn't be anything further from each other. But realistically, the teams that you we just mentioned, these four, like continue to go deep in the playoffs because they can run the ball. They can play good defense. They can control the clock because um, it's 60 minutes. And that's another variable you got to kind of be cognizant of. Well, and it's almost like the, the offense now we're going to see this year without Devontae is going to be the offense that we would be seeing with Jordan Love, where Jordan Love, his first year, is just going to basically be a game manager. He's only going to have to throw when he has to. We're going to lean on $43 million Jones. We're going to lean on Dylan. We're going to run that ball three, three yards in a cloud of dust. Let the defense do our, you know, their dirty work. I mean, the defense last year, I mean, Gary in that divisional game, Bruce and I were watching it. I mean, that guy is unblockable. It's ridiculous. And to see Gary lose the championship game and then the next day be in the gym. And then every day, video, clips, gym, gym, gym. And then he's at all the voluntary mini camps. He's at all of these. And now he's there at camp now or it's nothing but, you know, 19-year-olds that they found. To, to see a guy like that, that guy's on a mission. And I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think Gary, and to be honest, when they drafted Gary, I thought this was the biggest mistake that they've made. They're going to try and take a D lineman and make him an edge rusher. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What are you guys doing? This was the Ted Thompson. Remember the, the Randall and Rollins? Oh, we'll take these basketball players and make them corners and safety. Well, that didn't work out at all. Right. And that's kind of what I thought to myself when I watched them take Gary was this is a I think this is a swing and a miss. And you know what? I am more than happy to say I am dead, dead wrong. This guy is an animal. And if he has half the season we think he's going to have, they're going to owe him a boatload of money. So, Matt, here's a question for you there. This team by far, and I think we're all in agreement on paper, especially on the defensive side, is probably the most, if not the most talented. It's in the running, right? Are they the most talented team ever for the Green Bay Packers? I mean, we can argue 97. We can argue 2010. Some people threw out 1962. But what needs to happen for this team to not be a top 10 defense? I feel like that's really simple because they haven't fixed this for many, many years, and I've been – bashing my hand against my desk and trying to just make noise within green bay just to have them fix this it's like it's the run game like if you can't stop the fucking run we've already talked about this like this is what the niners are doing against us or the bills have established or the ravens like it could eat it, it absolutely could happen because it sounds like right now tj slayton is playing nose tackle from what andy herman has said in his observations there he talked about on the the pack of the uh, youtube side like it looks like TJ Slayton's getting reps there, and I'm I'm fine with that. I think he's an absolute a stud, fifth you know, um, fifth round pick from last year out of Florida, absolute mammoth of a human being. So, but again, you're putting a lot of pressure on a, a gentleman like that to hop in and start taking you know first team reps and actually start as a second year guy. To the counter of that, it's like, well, Kenny Clark has kind of been that dude, but now maybe it's awesome to get Kenny Clark maybe on the edge a little bit more on that DN spot instead of being have to play over the guard you know center and constantly get double teamed. But really, when you look at it after those guys, like I don't even I mean, I'm, I'm giving you know, TJ Slayton quite the, the the lift here with just putting him in the category of Kenny Clark. But you look at Klaus, like we already talked Dean Lowry, like I think that'd be a great person to get rid of if you're trying to save money. Like he was one of the first guys that got the, you know, that's still in the roster that got that first you know, um, extension many, many years ago. And it was everyone's like, what the hell? They re-signed, you know, Dean Lowry that much. OK, that's strange. But. After that, you talk, I mean, Jerron Reed, not sure we're going to get out of him. I would like him to be a solid veteran dude that they, you know, been looking for. I don't know what he's going to produce, but really, realistically, I don't know what the the, the front seven is going to look like. I mean, there's the edge is solid and I don't, the edge is important to running, you know, to stopping the run, but realistically in between the tackles, like it's your big dudes in the trenches with their hand in the dirt and those inside linebackers. And thankfully they have some damn good inside linebackers, quite the luxury to have, quite the luxury to have, but that's, I mean, that is truly the way for them to get screwed out of being a top 10 defense or even win the top half because when they can't stop the run, it doesn't really matter. And we already mentioned one tweak here. I mean, a second guy, let's just say a guy, a safety goes down. I mean, they're obviously stacked a corner right now. It seems like they have some good depth and there's going to be some turnover on that back end. But like Savage or Amos goes down, like Sean Davis seems like he's the guy right now at that third spot. But 
I don't know how much I love that. And Savage has shown, you know, signs of immaturity with, you know, playing in his, his young career here. So um, it would be interesting to see what would happen if an injury would come down the pipeline. But I, I truly think this is a just it's such a fun defense to look at. I don't remember who tweeted it out. Um, it was just, you know, every year around this time, you get the people putting out the, the the tweets somehow on their 280 characters, and they got the depth chart somehow out there with their stuff. And I'm looking at them like, dude, this looks awesome. Like, this is just an absolute blast of these players that are going to be able to be mixed in. And I think really one of the big pieces just to go on an absolute tangent here is Devondre Campbell has been an awesome addition. Obviously, that goes without saying, but, you know, finding Rasul Douglas and these guys at the end of the end of, I guess, the offseason last year and the way they acquired him, it's like the, without those guys, what would this defense looks like? Like they would have had to probably prioritize a cornerback in free agency or, or the draft or get an inside linebacker. Maybe they wouldn't feel as comfortable with Quay Walker. What I mean, it, there's all these different scenarios, but ultimately, like if you even look at the, just the top 11 guys, it's awesome. But even some of that depth they've had is just really, really fun to think how they're going to plug that defense in for uh, Joe Barry. The uh, last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, they had eight defensive linemen that would play fresh legs, fresh pressure the whole time. Uh, now we're up to, I think, seven that could possibly play. I did notice a little bit last year, we kept saying, how come we're not seeing Slayton and Kenny Clark? And it's like, because they're such big bodies that as soon as you put them both out and they get rested, you know, you got to take them out. Now, suddenly you're putting in third, fourth string guys. I mean, you're just begging that offense to go ahead, go right up the gut and, and get us. I, I do agree that I don't think Kenny Clark is going to be playing nose as much. And I think it's, it's almost like that Aaron Donald thing where, like, if you've seen Kenny Clark in person, he does not look like an NFL nose tackle. He, he, he's a big guy, don't get me wrong. But he does not fit that prototypical BJ Raj that, you know, the grave digger, the, you know, those great big heavy bodies that demand a double team. Now, Kenny is a beast and Kenny's going to get his and he's going to get his sacks. And with Rashawn Gary and with Walker and with Preston and, you know, uh, this new defense that we have and even Devontae Wyatt, right? I'm sure he's going to see a lot more upticks in his sacks and pressures. But I, I still think we need, I mean, call me old school, call me over the hill, whatever you want. We need big fat men. That's what you need on the line. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, I, for years I've leaned into the, the nuance or the funny, like ground and pounds, like in the trenches, got to have the fullbacks, all that type of stuff. And it's, it's funny. But if it's 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 actually true, like that's what you need. You need, and I've said that for a couple of years. It's funny you took the words right out of my mouth, Matt. It's I, I want a big fat veteran, like just bring him in. And I don't know who the hell it is, and I don't think J. Ron reads that guy, but I want just an absolute mammoth of a human being. And maybe T.J. Slayton's that guy, not a free agent or a veteran, but like just someone to take up space. Maybe Ford. Ford Ford's up there too. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I'm excited to see what he. That does, guy's but- a monster. Yes, but like he's like six six eight or something. What is he? Six eight or six nine? Like the guy's a behemoth. Absolutely, but like I, it's been years, years and years and years, and it's probably started. I don't even know how many ago where I was like, okay, they really need to get a big guy in the middle, and they just haven't done that. And I'm ever since Pickett left. Pretty much. I mean, ever yeah. since Pickett left, because BJ Raj, when we won the Super Bowl, you either had to double team Raj and Pickett would come free. Or you had to double team Pickett and Raj would come free. As soon as Pickett left, Raj was being double teamed and there was no pressure coming from anywhere else. And that's where the run game, our stats in the run game just started skyrocketing. I mean, we were joking, Bruce and I were joking that any one of us, even at the age of 45, could be running for 200 yards against this defense when you can't get any. You need that fat guy so that at least Mm -hmm. the, the running back runs away. Yeah. See, like Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. You are listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Thank you for listening to Packers without borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go.
Navy. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I'm Alex Brown from the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. This is Alyssa from Los Angeles. All right, I'm Andy from Sheffield. This is Chris from Nova Scotia. Hey, this is Aaron Alice from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hi, everybody. This is Hilmi from Turkey. Hi, I'm Carla from California. G'day, this is Mel from Melbourne, Australia. This is Mick coming from Granger, Indiana. This is Soren again coming to you from Sweden. And this is Packers Without Borders. This is Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Listen to Two Losers on Packers Without Borders. See, like I've never understood why hockey goalies are not like a 450-pound dude that just stands there and just has to move his arms like this because it'd be pretty hard to, to put it in there. No. So Jonathan Ford, 6'5", 337. One of the things that I saw that was pretty cool coming out of minicamp was uh, they had Rashawn Gary in the middle. And they had Wyatt on one side, and they had Preston on the other, and they were rotating out. And they had Rashawn. Imagine Rashawn Gary as a rover in the middle of that defense behind those big ham hocks. Oh, my God, he's going to wreak havoc. So I just get really excited with how they're trying to play with this defense, and it's nice, right? But you're right. I was really worried about uh, safety um, coming out of the draft and a little bit worried that they kind of they somewhat addressed it late because it seems like um, the kids that they got late can kind of play that hybrid safety role, but more linebacker. Um, but we'll see, right? I mean, the idea is to keep everyone healthy, keep everybody good, and then I think we're good to go. Um, I've got one more question for you on, on this front, and it's with the offensive line. It's just real simple. What? Who are your starting what is your starting line, it, ideally? And we know Bog's going to be back at some point. I mean, he's already starting to tweet out that he's ready to go. We know they're going to hold him out as long as they possibly can. But let's assume that Bach is starting. We know Eldon's not going to be back until probably uh, beginning of October, it seems like, where he's full go. But other than that, Myers is kind of penciled in, right? But what are you thinking for the offensive line is your prediction for your ideal starting offensive line crazy to think about i mean really before i answer this is that we're still considering david bakhtiari a question mark coming into the season where it was like last year like shit he might suit up week one and he was that late scratch right and it was just it's unfortunate and if you read that article that he put out uh man it was right after the season i think just talking about um the flu that would build up and everything i was going through like it's I'm sure he still got some lingering effect but it's crazy but yes it's i appreciate you letting me slot in um David on the left side, because that helps this conversation a little bit better. Overall, like you said, Myers definitely at center. Elton's going to come back, so we'll go left to right. So it's uh, Bakhtiari's at left tackle. I'm going to stick with John Runyon still at left guard. I was really, really happy when they got him, and I was hoping that he'd get more reps early on. He didn't, but he's continued to evolve, you know, just like his father as was a really, really good offensive lineman in this league. So we go to Myers at center. This is the next one that I think there's a lot of – um, I guess argument or discussion going on is the right guard spot. You know, Royce Newman kind of took it on last year. Cole Van Landen started, I think, like early, early on in minicamp or training camp last year there. He kind of faded a little bit um, off, you know, at the end. And then Zach Tom's a guy I think is really to have some conversations about. After that, I mean, you don't have the luxury anymore of like a Billy Turner that you can slip in over there, right? Like he was kind of your fail safe at right guard or the right side. So realistically, to actually answer your question, I'm going to go Zach Tom. Um, I just feel like there's a little bit more upside with him. You kind of already know what you're going to get out of anyone else. Uh, but th that's kind of who my preference would be. Not to say that, you know, Royce Newman or whoever else was there last year did a bad job. I just think there's other opportunities and they went out and got Tom for a reason. They went out and got Sean Ryan for a reason too. I mean, they, and I, I'm a big, big fan of what the Packers do when it comes to this offensive line over the last couple of years, continuously just like add fat guys to that locker room, right? I think I, I continue to run this stat anytime I can and I'll throw it here on a Packers, Packers Without Borders podcast. Like last year, I want to say around this time, they had like 18 or 19. 19 um, offensive linemen on the roster. And at the time I was like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. So was I going to make. And I think they started the season then with like 11 or 13 on the active roster. Let's say it's 11. And by the end of the year though, it was like, oh shit, that actually wasn't that crazy of an idea. Like you can stash some of these guys, a couple of them are going to get hurt. It's nice to have backups and the versatility, like don't even get me going. Like the, every single guy that they bring in can play multiple positions or has They're played all multiple swing positions. tackles, dude. It almost feels like it's like crazy. It's it's plug and play constantly. It's fantastic. I am a huge fan of it. And I think Zach Tom is one actually. There was it is Zach Tom because I remember doing a recap on him on, on Pack a Day that he I mean he asked to play like center reps at the senior bowl. 
he was working on his um the you know, the shotgun snaps and it's just like wait what are you you're trying to play all five positions like we already have an Elton Jenkins that can do that like we don't need another guy great great problem to have but at the end of the day then we'll see who's at at right tackle I mean I have I've kind of danced around I don't know who gets pushed out there maybe it is Zach time maybe it's Royce Newman I, I really the guy that probably absolutely deserves it and who grew on me quite a bit is Josh like I mean Nijman deserves to be the right tackle I was skeptical about him all year last year until you kind of started seeing the production and seeing him being more solid and then you actually heard the locker room just how like he just kind of just has a really good energy about him very positive very good outlook and I think he's very collaborative with his team so um just a little recap here because I did kind of score a little bit David Boxiari, John Runyon Josh Myers down at the right guard, we'll put in the, the rookie, Zach Tom. And then on the right side, um, we will throw in, like I said, Josh Neisman. See, and, and Newman has been taking reps at right tackle. So you wonder if, I mean, and you've got to give it to Stenovich, right? I mean, this guy basically took guys off the street and was able to keep Aaron pretty much upright for at least the first three seconds when he held it for six or seven while he's on his own. But they're, it looks like they're having trouble with that right tackle. And I know, uh, uh, um, not Turner, Jenkins, Jenkins being hurt. I don't know if Jenkins is that right tackle. You know, I think he might be a little bit more of a guard. I know he could play all the way around, but I think he might be more of a guard. I do agree with you, though. Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Tom. I, th- I think it's going to be Newman at the right tackle and simply because Newman is one of those nasty guys. If you watch him when they do their zone blocking, when he, you know, gets set and nobody's coming at him, he looks for work and he's hitting those guys like right under the armpits. Like he is a dirty, nasty. And that's what you want. That's what you need is somebody up there on that O line. Who's just going to make those defenders think twice about trying to, you know, pull some kind of weird uh, stunt through the middle, that sort of thing. Hell yeah. And like, really, it's the thing to me is like, I feel like Royce Newman is one that's getting picked on is the wrong word, but I just feel like he did have a good year last year. And why are we kind of trying to shove him out? Or I feel like he that was, was a rookie. Ne- I know, he was a and, rookie. but he performed well, right? Like, why are, yeah. we, why, why are we crushing the guy? And like, I feel like it was like, I swear on like Monday or Tuesday after the draft, it was already like, yep, Zach, Tom, Pencilman, right tackle, it's the right guard. It's like, dude, let's let's pump the brakes here. Like, let's Royce Newman performed fine. Like, why? Why are we thinking one of these rookies are going to come in right away when Royce Newman's done OK? But I'm I'm kind of sticking with that narrative because some people smarter than me have said it. So I'm going to run with it. We had a uh, orthoscopic uh, surgeon on uh, the other day from uh, I think it was from. Stanford and then he was going to Harvard is that what it was or was it the other way around he was from Harvard just both of those whatever the, the, yeah. the, the, the dude's smart yeah <laughs> the dude's he's smart algorithm yeah. that he's created to kind of calculate times like you know injury times and when he can predict people back using like RAS and using different things so he's got a really good algorithm that he's working on and he actually talks through these injuries so he gives us really good timelines in terms he gave us a lot of really good information, obviously, on Bach, the difference between his and Eldon's injury. Um, actually talked about Zadarius and his back and kind of the reasoning behind it. Really interesting stuff. You should go check that out and, and listen to it because it gives you a lot of, of in-depth information in terms of, of what he's thinking with that. Love so, the plug. Gotta Love do the plug. Gotta get the plug in there. Yeah, we gotta, all we right. gotta take care of our doc. We gotta, yeah, man. Got to make sure that we get all the uh, both sponsors and all several listeners in onto the show. So we've got a game here, Matt. Uh, every now and then uh, we like to play games. Uh, most of the time in the off season, of course, it's tough to fill, you know, uh, three hours a week, especially since everybody talks about the same thing and everybody regurgitates the exact same thing. We kind of like to stand out a little bit because if you want to hear the same stats rolled over and over and over again. There's about 35 other podcasts out there and mm-hmm. somebody in a monotone Ferris Bueller teacher voice will just, so Alan Lazard with 54, right? That That's not us. So we have a, we have a game. This game is called Porn Star or Meteorologist. So I'm going to give you the name of either a porn star 
or a legitimate meteorologist, you've got to guess which. Uh, Bruce is correct about 30% of the time on this one. It's one of his highest ones. He's been getting better at uh, the Batman and Riddler with our adult riddle jokes. But so I, I thought we need to change it up because Bruce has been hitting home runs. So we got to start throwing some curveballs. So let's start the first name, Rainer Shine. There's no way that's a meteorologist. Not a chance. Like if, if that's a meteorologist, it's like having um. There's there's professional players all the time that have some just crazy name. That's like that's exactly the position they're supposed to play. But there's there's no way Rainer Shine is an actual meteorologist. Yeah, so that's a meteorologist. That's bizarre. Yeah, let's let's try the next one. Let's try Ma the next male one. or female. Is Ray is Rainer a male or female? Or is it it's, a, it's, a it's a guy. I would say it's a guy. R e i n e r is yeah. the appropriate and, spelling. And you have to understand, like when you're looking at these names, there is no bloody way that these are their legitimate Christian names, you know, because no. that's like naming your son Jeeves and then expecting him not to be a butler, you know, like <laughs> these have to be made up. I guess they're protecting their identities because people call up and say, it was supposed to rain. Now I'm going to find you. Okay. Apologies to all Jeeves out there that listen. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If you're not a butler, you broke free. Way to go, buddy. Struggles real. Here we go. Taylor Rain. I'm I'm fairly confident Taylor Rain's a porn star. Absolutely. Fairly, ding fairly ding. Matt Ryerson. Taylor Rain is a porn star. Snow Lane. Snow Lane. Snow. And it's S N O with the two little dots over the Ooh. O. Very yeah, that's that's helpful. Like Gunther. Right? Hmm. Snow Lane. I'm gonna say Snow Lane is man, no one's putting the little dots, whatever the hell it is, over an O in in a in a porn name. That's just way too much work. I'm going with a meteorologist. Absolutely. Two that was, that, that two was yeah, that was good because usually I would think the two little dots over a bolt like an O is kind of like the testicles over like a you know. Yeah. That why did we go right there? Man, right? You know, it's a good visual. Good visual. You could, I mean, yeah. could, or it could be anything. You're just adding a little bit of, uh, you know, pizzazz to your uh, your your stage name. It's like one big drop with two little drops. Right. Exactly. Okay. Sandy Sleet. Sandy Sleet. Sandy Sleet. <laughs> it's got to be a porn star name. Absolutely, that's a porn star name. Absolutely, I need to mute myself because I laugh when it like. <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself. That was like that was that was like pirate ship or, or sex yeah. act, and yeah. I would just start dying, and then you would say, "That's clearly a sex act." Look at your face. Okay, next, Travis Showers. This is funny. I'm trying to envision them like. Uh... You know, on an adult website, which none of us ever frequent, just like how it would be like in a thumbnail or like a profile thing. But I'm also then trying to see like I have no idea what you're the talking lower about. the lower third when they come back from break and they're doing the web. I'm trying to visualize them like in real life. I'm gonna say Travis Showers. Is that what we said? Yeah, Travis Showers. Travis Showers. Is, he's a meteorologist. Absolutely, he is. Look at this four yeah. in a row. Four in a row. Let's four go. for five. Holy smoke! Amber Knight. Mm. I'm going to say it's a meteorologist. That's a porn star, buddy. Right, boom, boom, right, boom, right. Boom. Okay. Bart Snow. There's no way a porn star's name is Bart. That just can't be. It, it, it's got to be a meteorologist. Absolutely. It's a meteorologist. Here you go. Elaine Meadown. Please be a porn star. Please. Absolutely. It's a porn That's star. That's fantastic. Yes. Right? Elaine Meadown. Rainbow drops. Porn star. Yes. Holy yeah. smoke! He's only gotten two. Oh, this is going to be. This is going to the, the meteorologist, yeah, pages. right? Yeah, Clearly. big. All of them bookmarked. <laughs> all of them. He doesn't even. Have to, he doesn't even have to type in the full word. He just puts M, and it comes up meteorologist. <laughs> Last but not least, Cindy Flowers. 
porn star? That's a meteorologist. Okay. All right. Seven for ten. Not bad. Been spelled pretty had, good, man. Yeah, had Cindy been spelled with an S, then it would have been a porn star. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cindy. Got it. Got yeah. it. Good one there. Right on. That was porn star or meteorologist with Matt Foley, who apparently frequents all the meteorologist websites. Every right now he's one. looking them up. He's like, I've got to find that. Elaine me down. He's like, weather, weather, <laughs> Luke Sampy. Weatherhub.com. Weatherhub.com. That's where you get it all. <laughs> all right. I've got one for you, Matt, as Matt here is coughing up along the poor guy. Good Lord Almighty. Um, all right. If you were stuck on a deserted island for the rest of your life, and yes, there's amazingly electricity enough to power a record player. Which meteorologist would you watch? <laughs> None. What three bands would you take onto this island? Okay, so we t- first of all, you we were chatting about this earlier today, and probably the toughest conver- t- toughest question I was asked today, to be honest. And I actually worked a full you know work day, so it was you know this was this was a challenge. Also, I'm glad you. you in sprinkled in the bands and the records because i think that's important like if it's like bluetooth speaker and you can have anything you know from artists to whatever like okay so it's a record and it's just a band or is it a certain project that they have so we've stopped so here are kind of the rules there are right. a few rules so the first thing is we stopped doing albums because there's a lot of bands that it's really difficult to like. You might do Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, but yep. really Pink Floyd is good, right? Yes, so the I got you. Is good, and you can't do any greatest hits. Awesome. Fantastic. So I'm just gonna stick with the 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 bands then. I'm gonna stick with that. I'm not gonna go into the deep cuts because I most of them would be the greatest hits, to be honest. Um first would the one, band come to the island with you. Would they? Would they, Bruce? Is that that is that one of the rules? Would the band physically travel to the island with you? Because if I'm stuck on a deserted island, I would do the world a favor and bring Nickelback. Holy shit! <laughs> there ricochet it is. shots, ricochet right shots. across the bow. Right. Wow. <laughs> Sound like Jeez. a yeah. That was good, man. That was good. Okay, so I'm gonna start off. Uh, Credence Clearwater Revival. That's number number one first round pick. Beauty. Uh, Beauty. N- Number two, we like you already, Matt. We like good. you. Already. My dad, my dad plugged me on that many, many years ago. I was very, very young, like two, three years old. I remember. And now I hate you again. Well, 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 well. Wait, yeah. I mean, it's, we. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But under, understandably so. Um. So that's definitely one. Number two, I'm gonna go with Fleetwood Mac. That's um. That's a top one, especially Stevie Nicks cuts. That's very, very solid stuff. So my daughter, I will tell you, Matt, and I'll send you. There's, if you look on my Twitter feed, there's some in there of my daughter singing. She first starts. She has a beautiful voice. She's getting there. Um, and one of the first voices that I heard her sing was she did uh, "Dreams" by, Jeez. and she belted. I was like, okay, you've got real talent. This isn't just a proud dad. Like she legit sounds a lot like Stevie Nicks. That's so awesome. That's that's near and dear to my heart. The Fleetwood Mac's a good pick, buddy. And I and I thought this was gonna be a tougher thing all day, and I knew because it was gonna be tough to whittle it down. But now with it just bands and just their like overall, this is like who I man. And the funny thing is, just to buy me some time, we have a um a cot. So I live in Green Bay right now, and we have a cottage in Sturgeon Bay. Um, my family said so from Door County, even that might open up the geographic a little bit more to people's understanding, but. I've actually we have a it's we've had it in our family for a hundred years and we're having a party up there this this fourth of July and I've been um, instructed or I guess self appointed that I got to get the essentials so I've been a part of getting the band that's that's a one I got a guy from there that I, back in the day I know it does sure. a really solid band sure. um, I've been appointed to the the beer which again without a party without beer or music you really have nothing you have church beyond spotted cow you're what are you doing beyond spotted cow uh we didn't we said uh, spotted cow was first overall but then there was some weird thing with the distributor we had to get some certain stuff from there so we went with uh two coors lights and we went with a uh there's a small brewing company out of appleton i think it's like fox or brewing they have this really really good like blueberry beer um it's not super strong blueberry by any means but it's just got a nice little aftertaste on it so um 
th- that was a challenge. But the other one, I've been putting together a huge playlist actually for the once the band gets done, they're going to DJ for us. So I've had a ton of bands come across my face or musicians recently just that I didn't really you forget about or even just you don't realize that that this is their song and it's not a cover from this that and that and I don't know if there's I don't know if I would dip into the classic rock 70s stuff I think one thing that came back on my timeline or at least in my um my shuffle I should say on Apple Music recently the radio like the the artist radio as opposed to just the shuffle where it yeah brings- or just yep or whatever it just dies a little bit like it's like it's done and it kind of does its own thing which I can appreciate was um taking back Sunday they came back on I kind of got onto them like late high school a little bit through college and I don't know any of the new projects they put out recently, but I feel like I need a little bit of a balance there other than just, you know, two super, super solid classic rock. I got to kind of balance it with something a little bit more modern, but even, I mean. No anger albums. So you're just always chill, like 24 hours a day. You don't have like oh, that. Oh, no, no. I, you have to have like Megadeth no. or Pantera to, to let it out. Can't stand that. Can't stand. I said, I told you, uh, Bruce, in the DMs, I appreciate all types yeah. of music. I didn't. I should have prefaced that's the only type of music I don't like. And then some like really just obscure, like electronic or EDM music. Like, and I even, there's certain genres of both those I enjoy, but it's a pretty fair to say overall, I don't like either. And I actually might pivot here just because I know their discography is just fascinating and super, super dense would be green day. Maybe I would just switch to them because I feel like there's a ton. I definitely know more green day songs. There's a lot of taking back some of these songs I love, but overall, I think there's a ton of Green Day songs that I think are just really, really good and definitely throw me back through many parts of my lifetime. Right on. Yeah, nice music choices. brings back memories, man. That's kind of, it's it's a feels, it's something. It brings back memories, Hell just yeah. like smells. And so music always, for me, is a way to kind of escape. And it, it depends when it is and always. When you're on a deserted island, what can you listen to over and over and over yeah. again that you're never going to listen to anything else? So... It's good choices, man. Very good choices. Good job. That was, yeah. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on Packers Without Borders. Uh, what's up? What's up? Where can everyone find you on Twitter, your podcast? Plug, plug, plug away. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. It's, this is the time of the year where I feel like I do a little bit more of these more often just because it is everyone's trying to fill the time. And that's across the board, right, for everyone when yeah. it comes to NFL content. So love hopping on the podcast, love connecting with you guys. And I appreciate you having me on first and foremost. So uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm doing most of my social um, interactions, especially when it comes to Packer stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. A lot of just right. I mean, that's that's strictly where I do all sort of interaction with the Packers. But um, part of Packaday podcast, which I've been fortunate to be a part of for coming on three or four years now. Um, Andy Herman had reached out to me many, many years ago when I had my own podcast, actually. And he didn't reach out to me. He put a an absolute just Hail Mary out on the Twitter sphere looking for two or three people. And he got, I think, more than he bargained for. So realistically, I've been with them for a while. And it's great. Um daily Packers podcast. I am on the Saturday crew. So right now it's myself, Janelle Mackey and Eli Berkovitz. If you don't know who those people are, follow back of podcast on Twitter and you'll see them come up very often, occasionally within, you know, tweets going on and whatnot, but make sure you're following everyone on back of podcast. Love what we're doing over there. Very proud of it. Also with um, game on Wisconsin. Some of you may be familiar with Jacob Westendorf. He is the founder of it and really, really proud of what they've done because I really haven't done shit. I joined them maybe about a year ago and just kind of a bit along for the ride. Helped with some um, some event setup stuff that we did at, at Green Bay Distillery. Part of um, the Final Dump podcast, which Brendan Dorzinski and I will be um, also doing again this year. Switching days from, I think it was Fridays to Mondays now, and it'll be a live stream. So that'll be kind of fun. But again, Without Brendan, I'm just an absolute stooge, and he's a fantastic host because he does it for his real job. So he makes me sound halfway intellectual and cuts out the ums and the hums that I occasionally like to throw in. But yeah, I mean, besides that, it's just really right now, like something that occupies my time is just reading the timeline of ongoing throughout the NFL, uh, specifically the Packers, though, for sure. You got those people that are, get that access to be able to be there and this, they're your lifeline, right? Cause you don't know in these press conferences, how much stuff is factual, uh, how much stuff is you're, you're not actually hearing um, and stuff that can kind of get swept under the rug. So it's nice to be able to have a pulse with it that way. But something I do like to do just on my free time is just come up with stupid memes or get people just absolutely riled up on the timeline, whether it's pack related, NFL related, really whatever. And just kind of 
occupy myself with some creative endeavors to be like, why not? We all got to do it, man. Fuck the bike. Bear still stuck. All that good stuff. Anything. Like I just throw it out there and I see a a popular meme maybe recently. I'm like, how can I turn this into a Packers related thing? That's usually where my brain goes and I'll screenshot it or screen record it. And then, you know, over the weekend, um, as I'm catching, you know, in between catching up on weatherhub.com, I like to do, you know, some stuff like that and throw those out there and have them in the drafts. But yeah, that's really it. Um, Packers Twitter is a fun place to be in. And without that, we don't, I don't run across you guys. I don't run across anyone else I've, you know, made friends with along this way, which is crazy to think that if you would have told me 10 years ago when I made my Twitter account, I'd actually have like friends, like real friends, like not friends, just like on the internet, like actually you like check in with them. You've met their kids, you met their, you know, their parents, their, their wives or spouses. It's, it's an incredible environment environment that we, we have all created together. And it's generally for the most part, a pretty positive space to be in. Um, but a lot of that's to do with just the way the organizations ran and the success we've always had. So Packers Twitter, love being a part of it. And um, you can find me on there, of course. Amen, buddy. Amen. Thanks again, Matt. Take care. We'll uh, see you in the Twitterverse. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Understood.